0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. That's right. Moving beyond yourself, thinking of others. Um, I like what uh, dictionary.com has for self, the meaning of self. Uh, Two of the definitions are uh, Individual, beyond individuality and personal interest. So, self is individuality, self is personal interest. So, if the series is moving beyond self, then we got to move beyond individuality and we got to move beyond personal interest. So, that's what we're talking about when we talk about moving beyond self. It's moving past my individuality, it's not about me anymore. Moving past my own personal interest because. All of us have a personal interest, right? So we got to move past that. So that's what we're talking about. So most people struggle with moving past themselves, right? Most of us do. And it's funny because most of us don't recognize that we do struggle with that. And we'll get into that. Everything we think or do is what we want or need. You ever thought about that? I need this. I need that. I'm praying for this. I'm praying for that. I need to go here. It's I, 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 right? Most of the time, it's about what we want, it's about what we need. How often, ask yourself this, how often do you think about others? How often do you ask what they need? How often do you ask about what they want, right? Uh, If you have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Because you're consistently worrying or wondering about them, about them, about them. Well, the same thing applies with everyone else, not just our kids. But a lot of the times we struggle with that. We struggle with uh, moving past that. So it's about what I want. It's about what I need. Most people don't see that they're being self-centered. And why do I say that? You ever heard the term, um, uh, you always think you're right. You ever heard that? Yeah, I, I know I have, even with my personality, I've been told that numerous times. I'm sure some of you have. You, you, <laughs> I can tell you have because you're smiling and laughing. So it's a common thing, right? Well, here's the thing about that. I was looking at Scripture in Proverbs 21.2. Uh, let's turn there, if you would. Proverbs 21.2 says, People may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. I like in the, New King, Jan- or in the King James Version, it says, Every man is right in his own eyes, is what it says. So we all have an opportunity to get to a place where we just think we're all right, right? Because in our own eyes, we think that. Most people don't just walk around thinking they're wrong all the time, right? We all have an opinion. We all think, well, I I think my opinion's pretty much right on, right? That's just the way it is. Unless I'm wrong, does anybody think that they're wrong all the time? No? Okay. There was no show of hands, so I, I... Yeah, it's after the fact, right? After you ponder something, after you think about it and say, well, I I possibly could have been wrong. But for the most part, we usually think, man, I think I'm right about this. I think I'm right about that. Well, in that sense, we all have the opportunity to be in that situation where we're blinded by that fact, where we're blinded by uh, us thinking that we are right, so to speak. Um, So having said that, we have to get to a place where and that's just one small example. We have to get to a place where we're not thinking about our own stuff, so to speak. It's about others. So when you make decisions, are you making decisions based on yourself or are you making decisions based on everybody else? Philippians 2.4, what does that say? Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Plain and simple, I think Pastor Matt read this the other day. You're going to take an interest in somebody else, not just yourself. That's moving beyond self. Now, we're going to go to my first point here. That's just an overview of moving beyond self. Okay, moving beyond self. Now, in Romans 15, let's turn there. Romans 15, verse 1. We then are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproacheth thee fell on me. So moving beyond self. The point of the scripture is we got to move or we should move uh, to build others for their good. Let's turn back to verse one. I think it is. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Verse two. Let every one of us please his neighbor for what? For his good, right? Tedification. So it's about him. It's not about us. It's about moving people into a place where we can build them up. That's the whole purpose, right? Now, how often do we do that? How often do we build someone else up? or we're not focusing on us because it's really easy to build ourselves up it's really easy to focus on us and say you know what me 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 but how often do you build someone else up how often are you moving past yourself to build someone else up you ever thought about this even when we do move beyond ourself even when we do that and we say you know what I'm going to spend my time lifting that person up. I'm going to I'm going to do whatever I can to help that person. Even when we take that step, oftentimes it can be a selfish step. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean? It can be a selfish step if I'm helping someone else. In my experience, um, I've been here at the church for, I think, nine years uh, working here, uh, and I've had a lot of people come in and ask for help. A lot of people come in and they're um, needing whether it's food whether it's um, help for rent mortgage uh, anything like that I've had people come in and they're you know they're literally walking through the town and trying to get to you know 300 miles away so to speak and literally some of them are going that far but they're coming in and they they have nothing they they don't know anybody they're needing help they need a bus ticket uh, consistently. We have that consistently. We have people that are regulars that come all the time. We have people that I've never even seen and never see again. Uh, so a lot of people are coming in. You know what, one of the things that they ask whenever they're asking for help or one of the things they say when they're asking for help? They tell me all the time and it's it's interesting that I, I never really focused on this but then it started to dawn on me. I wonder why people say this. They'll come up to me and they'll say, hey, is there any way I can get help? Can I get this? Can I get that? Can I get this? And I'll, I'll pay you back. I'll pay this. And they're telling the church they're going to pay it back, right? And so I tell them, hey, we, we don't work that way. We, we never require you to pay anything back or anything like that. If we give, we give because we can help. That's the purpose of, of our church. We want to help. Uh, so oftentimes it goes into a situation where if the church is unable to help at that point, they usually say, hey, man, I... Um, I, I'm I'm thankful that that, you know, you're you're at least trying to help and then they'll go into their spill and then they'll go into. I, you know, I try to help, too. I try to help people all the time. man. And I said, really, you try to help people and I'll ask them, really, you you, you generally try to help people and people. Most of the guys or girls that come in, they say, oh, yeah, I really want to help people. I really like the way it makes me feel when I help them. And I kind of paused a little bit, and I said, oh, okay, okay. I said, yeah, it it just, you know, when you give, it just makes you feel better, you know? And I thought, and and I I think every time I hear that, I think, huh, well, that's interesting. That's not really why I give. And I always think that. I don't give to make myself feel better. I don't give because it makes me feel good. Now, is that a natural reaction? Sure. It's a natural reaction to give to somebody, and you think, man, i I just help someone out, man. That's that's what I was called to do. Right. That's what Jesus told us to do is to help someone out. And it's a natural reaction to actually feel good. But that is not a reason to give. That should not be a reason for you to give. And it shouldn't be the first thing that comes out of people's mouth when they're giving, or when they're talking about it. Oh, I, I, I give and it makes me feel good. And I'm thinking, was it for you? Is it for them then? What's the purpose Are you building them up? Are you helping them? Or are you just trying to feel good? Are you trying to meet a quota? Are you trying to look good in in God's eyes? What's the purpose? Right? Now, I know that's kind of getting deep, and most people don't think that far. Most people think, well, man, he's just saying it. He or she is just saying they feel good, and that's just something they say. But it's interesting, though. You ever really think about that and why people say that? I bet if you ever probe them and ask them, I bet you'd You'd, they'd be kind of taken aback. And I'm like, well, I guess, I guess I don't give for that. So oftentimes we do. We tend to build others for our own sake. Right? We shouldn't be that way. We should be building others because we want to help them. So if I'm helping somebody with food, I'm helping them because they need it. I'm not helping to feel good. Right? Same thing with a ride or anything else. I'm helping them. I want them to better themselves. That's the purpose, right? So we got to move beyond ourselves. We got to build others. That's the purpose. We have to help others, okay? <coughs> now, one of the other examples is this. Yeah, it, everybody knows what words of affirmations are, right? Yeah, yeah? Okay, I'm going to explain it here in a minute. D- d- do you all know what words of affirmation is? Basically, what it is, is you're lifting somebody else up. You're telling them something good about themselves. You're, you're kind of strengthening them. You're encouraging them. You're doing those type of things. Those are words of affirmation. So if I come up to you and I say, you know what, Beatrice, I love the way you sing today. I thought it was just awesome. I, it really touched my heart. That's words of affirmation, right? I can come up to you and say, man, you know what? Um, you were really helpful the other day, and you, i just been watching you. You're a sharp guy, man. And um, I see that you have a good heart and you're, you're definitely going to keep rolling on and you're going to make it, man. I can tell. Those are words of affirmation. You're telling somebody something good and you're lifting them up and you're encouraging them. So, why do I bring up words of affirmation? Because I tend to struggle with words of affirmation. My personality is that of a, uh, of a choleric personality. Do you know what that is? It's a strong personality. It's, it's a strong personality that doesn't dip into feelings often, okay? I d- I'm not naturally a considerate person. I'm not naturally a compassionate person. I'm not naturally an emotional person. I don't naturally dip into those things, those areas, okay? You can ask my wife. She'll tell you. I don't naturally do that. I have to consistently work on that. To me, it's strange for my mind when I get into that area and I'm like, When somebody tells me, hey, man, and they start giving me words of affirmation, it kind of takes me back. And I'm like, I don't know how to I don't know how to take that because for my personality, it's not necessary. Right. Now, I'm not talking about everything. Everybody likes to be told you you're doing a good job. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about you go into depth of in depth of uh, words of affirmation consistently and telling people and lifting them up. I don't necessarily need that often. Right. So it's odd to me. It's strange for my personality. So I say that because I'm married now, and my wife loves what? Words of affirmation. She loves that. So what do I have to work on all the time? Words of affirmation. So I go around, and I'm thinking, okay, I, you know, what what can I say today? What what can I do? What you know? I'm I'm trying to find the words. I'm trying to find something that's not redundant. Something over and over and over. Because then to me, my mind tells me, well, that's useless if I say the same thing over and over and over. But that's not the case with people that love affirmation. It doesn't matter, right? So I'm thinking naturally, myself naturally. I don't like to do it. I don't. You think you would think you know? I got a mic and it's like, oh man, he's a pastor up there. He He has compassion for everybody. Right. Well, God had to change me. God had to work on me. And now I have compassion. But it's not something that I just it's not something as far as words of affirmation. That's not something that just comes naturally to me. So I have to work on that. So when I see people, I'm like, okay, how can I be considerate right now? How can I do that? How can I consider them? Did I say this wrong? Did I say this right? I'm thinking that all the time because I have to work on it. So my wife loves it. Right. She loves it and she wants it. If I don't give her words of affirmation, what happens? (laughs) Start getting the cold shoulder. What else? Trouble. Trouble, right? That's a nice way of putting it. Trouble. And we all know if you're married, you know there are certain things that your spouse likes. Period. And if that person is not getting those type of things, there's trouble. Right? So I have to consistently work on it. So I think sometimes when I go home, I think this, I think, ah, she don't need that. I don't need to say that. Nah, she needs to toughen up, is what I think that. In my mind, you need to toughen up, right? (laughs) I'm in trouble, right? (laughs) My wife will attest to that, and she will tell you that. So I'm thinking all the time, nah, you just need to toughen up. You need to toughen up. You need to toughen up. Then I started to think, and this is not recently. I've just been thinking about that since I've been married, right? Uh, I'm like, well, I want to be tough. And I want to be me, right? I don't want to do those things. I don't want to dip into those things. But is it for me or is it for her? What am I there for? Am I there to lift her up, to encourage her, to bring her along beside me? Or am I there to change her into somebody like myself? So I began to think, I'm like, well, I really don't need it. And I don't think it's useful. But I'm completely wrong. Because... What I need, she's taken care of, right? So I'm thinking to myself, well, I guess I better start taking care of what she needs. And that's words of affirmation. I better start doing something because that's building her up for her good. It's not for me. I I don't need to be giving her words of affirmation for anything. So if I feel weird, who cares? It's not for me. It has nothing to do with me, right? I don't feel less of a man. I don't feel anything like that. I just got to go and do it period. And we've had those conversations. So I'm being open. Uh, You know, it's one of those things where I've had to consistently work on it, consistently. It It is, it is. Well, and it helps me, but it's not for me, but (laughs) it does help me because it keeps me out of trouble, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So I got to a place where I learned, now I'm not perfect, obviously I still make mistakes, but I have learned the reason why I need to do those things for her. And the basic thing is, is because I'm moving beyond myself. I'm trying to build her up. I'm not trying to build myself up. I need other ways to build myself up. You want to build me up? Give me something I can study. Give me something that I can watch. I love movies. Uh, give me something that I'm constantly learning on. I, I build up like that. Give me, give me a lot of people. If I'm around a lot of people, I love it. I don't care what we're doing. I don't care if we're just relaxing, we're chilling on a couch. Whatever it is, that helps me. It helps me clear my mind. It helps me relax. I just enjoy it. That's what I need, but that's not what she needs. She needs. So I got to start doing those things. So I've been doing them and giving words of affirmation and learning from that, moving beyond myself, stretching myself in those ways. And it's been fun. (laughs) It actually has been fun because it changes you. You're supposed to change. That's the whole point. You become one, right? That's the beauty of it. I had to learn that. We have to move beyond ourselves for the other person's good. Now, let's turn to Romans 18, 21. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Let's see, is that just? No, Romans fourteen twenty-one. Yeah. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. Such a huge scripture, and I've always quoted that scripture because it's so powerful. This scripture, in and of itself, is the epitome of moving beyond self, moving beyond yourself. Let's go back and read that again. It is better not to eat meat or to drink wine. And let me give you a, the drop back of it. Okay, what's going on here is, is Paul's giving them a lesson. He's talking to them about eating stuff. Some people, let's just give you a picture of it. Say it's me and it's you, and we're both eating something, right? And you say, man, you know what? I'm not going to eat at this place. Well, why not? I'm going to say, you're going to say, because they sacrifice this stuff to idols. I'm not touching this meat, right? And I look at you and I say, well, I don't have a problem with it. I know that there are no idols. There are are no other gods. There's only one God. But you say to yourself, well, I don't know. So I say, let's just eat anyways. Both of us eat. We're going to be just fine. So we both eat. Well, who sinned? My good, which I was right, right? I was right. Because technically in the Word, there are no other gods. There's only one. But still, I have sinned. Because I convinced him to eat something not of faith. He didn't have the faith to eat that. So now his conscience has been messed up. Now he's get to a place where he's eating, and now he's eating not of faith. And he's thinking, I don't know if I should have ate this, man. What if I start feeling weird? What if I go home and... All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, what, what if I need to get prayed over, right? He had no faith. But that wasn't his fault. He recognized that. He recognized he shouldn't be eating that because his conscience was bearing witness, telling him, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You're not, you're not there yet. Your faith is not there yet, right? So I've made that mistake. And now I've caused him to sin because he didn't eat with faith. But I also sinned because I caused him to stumble, Okay. So this is what he was saying. He said, it is better not to eat meat or to drink wine or do anything else. And that's the key to that. Anything else, if it might cause another believer to stumble. So I ask you, what are you doing in your life to cause someone else to stumble? It's easy to say, well, you know what? I'm not doing the big things. You know, I'm not out there partying for people to see me, so I'm good. But what are the small things you're causing uh, someone else to stumble by? Because that's a small one. Who would think about just eating food? Who would just normally think that, right? We had some of those thoughts. I had some people when we went to South Africa, we were eating and uh, they had they were giving us food and some of it, the water, of course, they made some orange juice in it, right? I, Beatrice, do you remember this? They made orange juice, I think it was the second trip, and uh, it was of their water, right? Not Not bottled water anything else it's fresh water from over there and so they warn you never drink the water because you never know the parasites that are in it and so on and so forth they warn you about that and that's anywhere you go Um, then we're eating a dish that it was I forget what it was but it was fermented so it was kind of soured the grain was and so you're eating soured whatever it was some type of grain and it tastes soured it it didn't taste like it was you know fresh (laughs) It tasted like it was been sitting out in the heat for a couple days. So people are, are, some of our team are eating, and they're looking, and they're kind of hesitating. And one of our very own, I won't mention her name, but one of our very own was, um, she took a bite, and she gagged. (laughs) She gagged, she was like, (laughs) and I looked over at her, and she was about to cry, you know, because You know, you never want to go to a place and you just don't eat what they offer you, especially if you've got the plate. Right. Because you're seeing these people and these people are starving. They're struggling anyway. So they're not just going to let food go to waste. And so she just gags and I look at her and I'm thinking in my head, man, I don't want to eat this stuff. I'm, you know, I'll eat it if I have to. I didn't think about uh, parasites. I didn't think about sourness. I didn't think about anything like that. I just didn't want to eat it. I had a bunch of snacks, by the way. I had a backpack full of snacks. (laughs) So I was eating, and I was fine. But then I thought, you know what? Uh, You know, case in point, I better just uh, move beyond myself. So I remember going over there, and I looked at her, and she was struggling. You know, I looked at her, and I put over my plate like this, and I kind of shielded myself this way so people couldn't see. And I said, scarf it all on my plate. So she did. She put it all on my plate like that. And I turned around, and... I went to town on that thing (laughs) there was a couple times it came up to about right here and i was like i was breathing real so i was you know (laughs) i was loving that water then i'm all come on i gotta get it down you know (laughs) so i remember i'll never forget we went to the van and me and jorge jorge of course you know uh jorge uh guerra in the spanish service uh, he'll eat anything like myself, right? And Matthew sent us just the same way, man. We go out on the mission trip, just eat anything. So, me and were, I'm like, hmm, this is tasty, the drink. You know, it's orange, and I'm all, hmm. I'm taking it, and people are looking at us. And I walk up to the van, and Matt goes, Man, y'all are pretty brave. And I said, Well, what do you mean? And he says, Well, a lot of that's, you know, you know that ain't bottled water. <laughs> you know, that's African water, you know, from, from over there. And I was like, Well, I don't know. I drank it anyways. It tasted good to me, right? But I was moving beyond self. I helped her eat that stuff, and till this day, I'm all hey, You remember I ate that? Food? I did that. I, did, I gained a few pounds. Yeah, it's all good. I ate some sour stuff, man. It was not. It, it was not tasty. <laughs> but it's all good. But still, um, we did get into places where people were having a problem. They were having a problem with their faith. We walked into a place one time when we were about to pray for somebody, and this person was like. Our team, our team is there to pray for people. now we had two teams, this was one from our church and one from another church. Well, this other person from somewhere else uh, was having a problem when we were praying over somebody and it scared them. Well, it's better not to do anything else that might cause them to stumble. So what do we do? Hey, can you just wait outside a little bit? Just wait out there and we'll we'll take care of it. Uh, We didn't say, hey, come in here. No, you've got to do this. You've got to come and take care of this. We didn't do that. You got to think of others. So we just said, no, you stay out there and we'll take care of what we need to take care of. Right. So don't do anything else that would cause somebody else to stumble. So think of that in your life, even if it's something small, if it causes them or their faith to falter in any way, then that's sin. So be careful for that. Okay? so we got to move beyond ourselves. In Matthew 9, 36, let's turn there real quick. I think I added that. I don't know if she put it in there or not. Okay. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion. This is Jesus talking. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. Let's stop there. Jesus was recognizing that they needed a shepherd. Was he thinking of himself? He's like, man, they're helpless. Some of those people didn't want to know Jesus. Some of those people didn't care about him. Some of those people probably didn't like him, right? Yet he still looked at them and said, you know what? They need a shepherd. They are helpless, right? You ever looked at somebody that didn't like you like they were helpless? You ever had that thought when they didn't like you? So if I I was one of those guys and I didn't like you and I was always giving you a hard time, imagine looking at me with that compassion and saying, you know what? He just needs help. That's moving beyond yourself. Now, point number three, we're going to go to this one. Romans 15, 5 through 7. May God who gives his, this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as it is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God, the Father of, the, of our Lord. That's a different one. Okay, so let's go back to verse 5. I want to read this on mine. Yeah. That's New Living Translation. Put up King James Version if you got it. That's still new living. Okay, I think I got it here. Oh, there we go. I'm going to read it from mine. Let's see. Now that the God of, am I right? 15, 5, 7, perfect. Now that the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like minded one towards another according to Jesus Christ, that you may be one minded in one mouth, glorify God even the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think I have the wrong scripture. That's probably what it is. So either way, we're going to go on. Moving beyond yourself, you have to accept others, right? When we talk about moving beyond self, you have to get to a point where you accept others. Now, I have the wrong scripture up there, so that's why I'm not reading from that again. Um, Accepting others. Why is that a big deal to move beyond self? Most people have the tendency to want to accept our own faults, right? We have a tendency to look at our own actions and say, "You know what? It's not so bad. I messed up, but I'm okay, right? I messed up, but I can move past that. I'm going to live, I'm going to keep moving on." But then when somebody else messes up, we hold it against them. You you hold it against them for 6 months, to a year, to 2 years, to 5 years, to 10 years. It's easy for us to to make light of the situations that we cause, but when somebody else causes it, it's a big deal, right? Well, if we're talking about moving beyond self, how about moving beyond self and accepting others as they are? They're going to make mistakes. They're going to falter. They're going to have issues, right? We have to be forgiven. We have to be uh, forgiving. In Hebrews twelve fifteen, it says this. This is how I know that most people... Have trouble accepting others. And most people have problems moving on because of this scripture. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no root, no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, according corrupting many. So a lot of people, this is Paul warning people. There's a reason why he's warning people, because a lot of people had problems with forgiveness and we still do. We have problems letting go of things. And so if you have problems letting go of things, what happens? He's warning you. Say, said, man, a poisonous root of bitterness can grow up inside of you and corrupt you. It can corrupt many. It can corrupt those around you. You ever had a problem and then all of a sudden you're sharing that problem and you keep sharing that problem and now all of a sudden they take on your problems, right? That can happen in marriage. You go home and something's happened to you and you're mad. And then you tell your spouse, and now your spouse is mad, right? And they take those things on. That can happen in a lot of areas. But we're not so forgiving to forgive. We have to be able to forgive and accept others for their points when they make mistakes, when they have problems. What's interesting, if we turn to John 8, 1 through 9, let's turn there and let's read that real quick, and then we'll close. I won't get to that next point. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered. He sat down and taught them. And he was speaking, the teachers of of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in the front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says, stone her. What do you do? What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding and answering. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. uh, Pastor Matt went over the scripture. I'm not sure if it was Sunday or, or the week before but I thought it was interesting. I've always read this text and I've always caught the same thing for some reason when I read this text. Jesus, first and foremost, it took Jesus for people to recognize their hypocrisy. Right? They were ready to stone that person. But it took Jesus to recognize their hypocrisy. That means they were blind to that fact, right? Some at least were. Some may have known. Some may have known, man, they're, I'm a sinner and Who cares? But others may not have known. They may not have seen it. And also, the other thing I noticed there was, who left first? The oldest. Why is that? Why did the oldest leave first? Why didn't the youngest leave first? What's that? What did he say? Maturity. The older ones were mature enough to recognize, man, I've had sin in my life. I probably could have been stoned too, right? That's, that's moving beyond yourself at that point, saying, you know what? Okay, I, I'm, I'm not going to throw that first stone because you know why? Because they could probably pick it up and throw it back at me, right? Now, I'm not saying they were perfect. And I'm not saying they were justified either because the, <laughs> the Pharisees, and Re- they, they were kind of strange and interesting if you ever read the Bible. Um, but still, at that point in time it took jesus to rec- so that they can recognize their hypocrisy and then it took the mature people to leave first okay so having said that when we talk about moving beyond self when we talk about accepting others one it takes jesus to recognize it takes jesus in our lives for us to recognize you know what i probably have committed the same sin i've probably made worse mistakes and if my mistakes aren't as bad it doesn't matter they still are mistakes right Sometimes it takes Jesus to 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 for us to see that and recognize that and say you know what I'm not I don't have a clean slate here. I shouldn't be pointing the finger, right? But it also takes a mature person to recognize that. So if you want to move past yourself, you're going to have to one, get a hold of Jesus and two, be mature. Start growing, start growing in maturity and recognizing those facts. So remember, we'll just briefly run over. If we're talking about moving beyond ourselves, we have to start building others for their own good. And then we have to move beyond ourselves so that way we can accept others as they are. Um, And and when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about not pointing the finger saying, you know, you did this or you did that and not forgiving them. We have to move past ourselves and move past those wounds and move past those uh, issues and start having mercy and start having grace. Uh, and so on. So with that in mind, let's stand up and let's get into some prayer.